This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and today we're talking about romance. Well, and love and other things. Um, This week is Valentine's Day, and whether you do something massive for Valentine's Day or don't do a thing for Valentine's Day, it's just a good moment to stop and think about um, romance and what we're telling our kids about it. So today we're talking about romance. We're answering a question about uh, what do you do if... Uh, You have no children's ministry in your church. And uh, how do you help your kid engage with church and have some sort of children's ministry, maybe? We'll talk about it. And uh, we're also going to face what do we do with the awkward love stories in the Bible. So let's jump right in. Um, Romance is something that is everywhere, it seems. It's in most of the stories that surround our children. It's in movies. Think of most of the Disney movies, and they have a a huge plot of of boy meeting girl and falling in love, and we assume getting married uh, sometimes in the movies. Uh, We have television programs and books where flirting with each other and being attracted to someone and uh, falling in love is a a part of that story, even in children's books, um, surrounding us can feel like an overwhelming amount of stories about people finding each other and living heavily, living happily ever after. And that's can be difficult for our kids because the narrative that is out there is an attractive man meets an attractive woman and they go, wow, you are attractive. And then are intensely attracted to each other. And even whether or not they like each other, they eventually get over the fact that they don't like each other to discover the deep attractiveness uh, in the mostly physical form. And, uh, and then they get married and live happily ever after. And we see that over and over again, love at first sight and being captivated by someone's hair and uh, this this deep value of being physically attracted to someone and eventually finding happiness goes over and over and over again for our kids. And it sets up an expectation for them. One, that attractiveness is the main way to happiness uh, in life, uh, that they need to pursue that, whether they're a boy or a girl, they need to pursue being attractive, uh, they need to be charming, uh, they need to be really impressive on the outside in order to eventually find love. Uh, and that it's everywhere and it's that the center of most of their stories. Uh, and that just is creates an expectation that isn't what the world uh, is like. And if we want our kids to really flourish long term in uh, in relationships, in their marriages, um, or even if they end up being single long term, if we want them to flourish and have a healthy view of romance, then we as parents have got to wade in. And so here's a few ways we can wade in to the romance narrative that's going on around our kids. Number one, uh, we need to create an alternative romance story. Uh, They see so many stories of attractive people finding each other and that being the goal that actually we forget to tell them what real romance is like, what real stories of people finding each other looks like, because it it rarely is an attractive person finding another attractive person across a room. So much of it is seeing somebody's character, someone's kindness, someone's funniness, someone's generosity, and slowly, 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 um, 
getting closer to them. And as you mutually discover each other's hearts, you discover that that is the person you want to be with. Um, They need to hear those stories. So first of all, create a window into your own stories, into your stories of finding um, someone that you love and what you saw in them and how they uh, made you feel um, valued and seen and heard and listened to. Uh, tell your love stories uh, and don't end those stories at marriage either. So often we end the story at a marriage and then we found each other, we fell in love, we decided to be each other, the end. But actually, most love stories are only a little bit before marriage and huge after marriage of faithfulness and kindness and generosity and wading through the tough times and the and the great times. And so tell huge love stories. Invite people over from your church who are older than you who have had marriages that have lasted a huge amount of time and ask them stories about romance and, and how did they find each other and what has been their love story after marriage. It's really important that we frame for them. When we see romance stories on television, on movies that don't make much sense and don't match with life, pause it and have a conversation. Uh, I remember we did a big thing around Cinderella. I was watching with my son and I remember pausing going, this doesn't make any sense. Why would he be interested and wanting to spend more time with her. They didn't even talk. And we would sit and we would laugh when he was like five about how silly would it be to say, I like you just for your outside skin. Uh, he doesn't know whether she's kind or mean or good or or faithful. And so we would talk all about like, what would be a really good person to live with for the rest of your life? And he doesn't know any of that. What a ridiculous story. And just create a frame around that. It's important for our kids to be able to learn and see Um, what they really are looking at when they're being told these narrative of stories and show them all the alternative romance stories that are in the real world around us. Another thing that is really helpful to do is to also show them stories that don't have romance in it at all. Um, There are so many people who are living lives um, where they are single and they're not married, they're not in a partnership, and they're living full, wonderful, healthy lives um, that are inputting into other people and creating family and their importance and, and telling those stories too. When we only create a narrative of romance in our children's lives, then they begin to panic when they're 23 and they don't have a partner. Um, If having a partner becomes the center of happiness, then we set them up to make the pursuit of romance a really, really important thing. Um, We're actually, we are called to be so much more than a partner. We are called to be ministers of the kingdom and children of God and part of the body of Christ. And and as part of that, some of us um, get married and have kids and some of us stay single and we are all um, pursuing God in that way. And the last thing I would suggest is to not forget to tell the God bits of your story. Often our, our romances uh, become a, a narrative of and then I saw this person, and then I did this, and I did this, and I did this. And and we forget that God was a key part of many of our stories, uh, whether it's how you prayed about it or what you worried about or what you chatted to God about or what you asked him to do. And and what however God featured in your personal story, uh, either in the finding of a person or in afterwards um, when you're walking your life journey with them, um, Tell the God story as part of the romance so our children can see that it's not just something that is separate from God, but actually God is woven into all the bits. 
there's so much more to talk about in this. And there's a whole chapter in it in the Parenting for Faith, Parenting Children for Life of Faith omnibus book, if you wanted more about that. But you have powerful stories in your life, whether they ended in a happily ever after, whether they ended um, in walking away, that still is a narrative of romance that your kids need to hear. So uh, during this week of Valentine's Day, take the time, and whether it's a movie you're watching, whether it's a story you want to tell, whether it's just a validation of those who aren't in a relationship around you, wade into the topic of romance, because it's really important for your kids to go there with them. I recently did a Facebook Live event uh, for our watch party. A bunch of people are, uh, well, over 500 people now are participating in an online watch party for the Parenting for Faith course. And in that, I came and did a Facebook Live answering all sorts of questions. And uh, over the next couple of months, um, we may be pulling out a couple of those questions that I answered um, from the Facebook Live. And today, there was a really good question that came up about... um, a parent who was really um, beginning to step into this parenting for faith stuff and and growing in those skills, but uh, they belong to a church that doesn't have a children's ministry on a Sunday morning. And this person, this parent, wanted to know how could they be powerful within church to help their kids meet and know God. And uh, this was the answer. Whatever you want to do, (laughs) that is light and easy for you. It is really easy to think, oh, I want our kids to meet and know God. And so therefore it has to be a children's ministry model that I recognize. So you think I need to start a group and I need to get curriculum and I need to do all of those things. And that might not, that might be your next step, but that might not be your next step. So I would um, begin to just question, what can you do? What capacity do you have? For instance, you have a group of people who, um, who are around you that are really valuable to children's lives. What if, instead of leaping straight to children's ministry, what if you worked with the the vicar or your pastor to start creating windows into your lives? What if you put in a testimony slot so that children could begin to hear how God is alive and active in other people's lives as part of the normal church service? What if you uh, began to write a little sheet that framed for everybody what the service is? So without needing to run children's ministry, you could create something that would coach parents and kids through how to meet with God in a church service. Uh, What if you began to uh, have a question time at church where uh, you could ask, ask a wise person at church as part of the service or before or after the service, um, a question time where you can begin to unwind wrong views of God. There are so many different ways. And as you go through the course, you'll find new tools like chatting and catching. Uh, You could have a little breakfast time before church that people can come 15 minutes early and you can talk about your lives and and do some chatting and catching and connecting with God that way. You will find your own way, but but it may be a children's ministry thing, but it may just be using the tools you already have in a light and easy way to help children learn about the journey that God has other people on and therefore what he's inviting them into. Um, that would be my suggestion. I'm sure there are loads of different ways. And if you want to go down the children's ministry route, uh, I'm sure we can find, uh, I can recommend some curriculum and things like that for you. But I would suggest starting starting easy at the beginning. For our wild card section today, I thought I'd wade into the uh, biblical love stories in the Old Testament because uh 
I don't know. As a kid, I always read them and was like, oh, that's how you find love. <laughs> and they're not your ideal stories, really. And so I just thought I'd uh, just wait in for a second and be like, how do we how do we talk about these weird love stories in the Old Testament with our kids? Because as we go through um, children's Bibles and, and, and the, you know, the real Bible, uh, they will come up. And, and how do we frame them for our kids in a way that is helpful uh, for romance? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the stories of Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob and Rachel. Uh, they're sort of the classic love stories, even Esther. You have these classic sort of getting together stories. Uh, Isaac and Rebecca uh, was... Uh, it was time for Isaac to get married, so uh, they sort of sent a servant to a town to find a wife for Isaac. And uh, the servant was like, oh, I don't want to make the wrong decision. Okay, God, uh, here's the sentence that I want this woman to say, and I'm just going to watch and see, like, who is the one you picked based on who you're going to make say these words. Uh, and then this woman, Rebecca, came out and said the words, and the servant's like, woo, amazing. And she's beautiful and a virgin. Yes. Uh, hey, let's go to your house and uh, talk to her father. And her father's like, yeah, sure, take her. And uh, great. So then Rebecca and Isaac got married. Uh, Jacob and uh, Rachel is another classic story. Uh, Jacob came, uh, worked for a family for seven years, uh, really liked Rachel, thought Rachel was beautiful. It says nothing about whether or not Rachel liked Jacob. Uh, and uh, thought she was beautiful, so went to the dad and was like, hey, I want to marry her. And the dad's like, fine, work for me, you know, seven years. So uh, so Jacob worked seven years to get to marry Rachel, and then at the last minute, bait and switch, uh, the dad's like, oh, I'm going to give you uh, my not-so-attractive daughter, Leah. But evidently, Jacob doesn't notice because of the whole veil situation thing, so marries her, gets, you know, consummates the marriage, uh, and then goes, oh my goodness, in the morning, you're not Rachel. Uh, so goes to the dad and is like, what's up? And uh, eventually uh, the dad's like, oh yeah, I was worried about Leah. But you can have Rachel um, if you work another seven years. And Jacob's like, all right. So then uh, spends a week with Leah and then uh, gets Rachel, marries her and has to work for another seven years. Yay. Uh, so we have these stories. Esther, of course, plucked from nowhere uh, and brought to the king's palace, uh, soaked in all sorts of smell goods and made her look beautiful for a year, paraded around and uh, she eventually got picked Yay. Uh, we have all of these sort of love stories in the Old Testament, uh, but that doesn't necessarily help us in terms of how to help our kids have a healthy marriage. Uh, and so we sort of either skip over these stories or we read them and just sort of go, it was a different time. Uh, but actually, I think there's something really useful in here about uh, framing uh, for our kids uh, romance and talking about romance. Um, one of the interesting questions to ask your kid as you as you wade into these stories, because they're in the scriptures, we might as well use them uh, because every all of scripture is useful for correction and instruction and teaching. So one of the questions to ask as you're reading these stories is who is God in this story? If if we believe that God is part of our everyday lives as part of our shape of our lives, then who is God in this, in these stories that don't look perfect and don't look like the way we would necessarily want to have our lives play out? Who Who is God in that? You can talk about you know, the God listening to this, 
this heartfelt cry of wanting to find the right partner. And you remember when you experienced that personally. Uh, with with Jacob and Rachel, um, God being in the middle of, of weaving together uh, these families that are that are working in a way that don't work like now anymore. But in the midst of all of that, you know, we have the beginnings of 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 Jesus' family line and and God being there and, and rescuing Jacob from a life and death situation from his own mistakes. And he eventually found a family and, and God is in the midst of, you know, using Esther in a, in a marriage that she wouldn't have chosen for herself. And yet he used her to, to save the world. God is, God is still in the midst of every buddy's story, no matter what it looks like. But another thing you can talk about is the character of these women. You can tell them at the time, women didn't get to choose who they married. If you look at all these stories, she didn't get to choose that. She just got to choose how she responded to the situation she was in. And we can see real strength of of character and grace and humility. And how do you do that? And how do you position your heart uh, to serve and love your family when it isn't the situation that you would have chosen. And we can talk about how there are many times, you know, in relationships that you're like, this is not the scenario that I would have picked had I known this was the scenario I would have picked. And how do we persevere in those situations? There's a a huge talk about that. You could even talk about how current, um, current situations around the world in terms of marriages sometimes still work like that in terms of arranged marriages or women not having a choice and what that looks like for them, uh, what that looks like for justice. You could go down that route. Uh, it's also a really interesting uh, looking at after they get married, what what are the, the life stories after they get married, the struggles that Rachel and Leah had of of getting pregnant and the stress of that and the, the fighting that they had and and I'm just so grateful that we live in a world where you don't marry two people at one time and the stress of that and the jealousy of that. And actually, it's a really interesting opening to talk about sibling rivalry and to talk about how you feel when you feel somebody else has more or is more special to somebody and that that wrestling that we all have internally with situations like that. Just because there's a romance in the story doesn't mean that has to be the main thing that you talk about uh, within that story. There's so much more to the people who are living that and who God is in it and what we see in their life circumstance that our lives can echo rather than just it's a love story that we hopefully will never find ourselves in in that scenario. So I hope that's helpful. You may reject all of that, but I just wanted to open those stories up because uh, I think sometimes we uh, we don't crack open those stories because we're not sure what to do with them. And actually, um, these people lived these lives uh, and God wants us to learn from them. And there are so many things we can. So have a really great week. And your uh, question to start an interesting question with your kid this week is, if you had to marry one character from a television story, book, or movie, who would it be and why? And make sure you answer the question for yourself. If you were currently available, who in a movie, book, or television show do you feel you would want to marry and why? Have a good conversation. Happy Valentine's Day. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. 
And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.